Greetings, loyalists and heretics. Welcome to Iron and Ceramite, where we once again enter the war without an astropath. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Iron and Ceramite podcast. My name is and as always, I'm joined by Dave. Hello. Glenn. All right. Shane. Hello. And Tommy. Uh, um, and as all, well, as we have been doing recent weeks, we're um, sticking to themes of armies that some of us have been playing. Um, obviously, Glenn, Dave, Shane have all had a go. Uh, and now we're moving on to Tom, who's going to take us through the um, street, the law, and some interesting stuff about the Blood Angels. So without further ado, I'll hand over to you, Tom. Absolutely. Cheers, mate. Well, I've written some decent little lists down on my iPad, so I'm going to be reading it mostly off of that. Um, I'm just going to touch on basically how the Blood Angels were, I suppose, created in their early days and their beginnings. Um, so but if, any, if any of you guys want to jump in with any questions, feel free. And then I'll just tell you that I've got no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> no, no, honestly, if anyone knows anything, obviously, I'm definitely no expert on any of this. So if anyone was to correct me or come in with anything that they know to add a little bit more depth to this measly little few paragraphs I've got written down, then uh, feel free. But yeah. So let me begin. Obviously, they are named the Blood Angels. So the Blood Angels were created from the genetic material of their Primarch Sanguinius, who, when himself and his brother Primarchs were cast into the walk, landed on the desert moon of Baal Secundus. So one of the, that, that was one of the two moons that surrounding Baal, the planet itself, the other moon being Baal Primus, because they're uh, very original over in that sort of part of the, the galaxy. Um, so these worlds were obviously later where the Blood Angels would end up recruiting from eventually, pretty much in, in their entirety for their uh, new legionaries. So originally the Ninth Legion, who during the Unification Wars were used sparingly as the Emperor's Inferno, uh, they were few in numbers and often served as vanguards and used in small, audacious raids where murderous close combat was needed. In the very early days, their numbers were recruited from the lost and the dispossessed across Terra. So basically just the waifs and strays from across all different uh, continents. Uh, despite the mutation being present in some of the new recruits, they were still genetically sculpted into tall, fair and elegant specimens. Obviously, the gene seed of Sanguinius would have been implanted, I'm, I'm assuming, back then changing them into or making them look similar in ways to himself. Um, it was in this era that they gained the title the Eaters of the Dead due to them consuming the corpses of their enemies after battle. We'd later come to know that as the Red Thirst. Um, I'm assuming that is when it all started. Um, as the Great Crusade began, uh, the Blood Angels were often deployed to hellish backwater war zones, losing many of their warriors in these horrific battles, but always coming back from defeat and swelling their numbers, often with the dregs left on the worlds that they had fought and conquered in the name of the Emperor. They were often in the company of the less favoured legions by the Lords of Terror, such as the Warhounds, so they wasn't held in that high of a regard back then in these days. Um, the Ninth accepted their part in the Crusade with grim pride, even though they were shunned by much of the wider Imperium. As they were separated across the stars, they then became rumours that the cults, that they were starting cults named Charnel Cults, where pretty much they were just becoming bloodthirsty monsters, really, going out for battle, seeing who they could eat, who they could destroy in the most bloodthirsty ways, and starting little cults of their own, um, which got quite a few of them actually heavily censored back then for how bloodthirsty they were becoming by the Lords of Terror and the Emperor. 
Um, meanwhile, while all this is happening, uh, Sanguinius has landed on Baal Secundus, uh, was found by humans, luckily, rather than the ghastly mutants that also inhabited uh, the moons and the planet, because it was basically an irradiated wasteland. Um, and he quickly matured and used his superhuman powers of, of the Primarchs uh, to unite the humans against the mutants and quickly became their leader. And by the time the Emperor did arrive, he was pretty much almost being worshipped as a god. Um, when the Emperor found Baal and Sanguinius, uh, his winged son knelt in fealty to his father, one of the few Primarchs said to have actually done so on first meeting um, the Emperor himself. Um, he was the tenth Primarch to be found by the Emperor. Uh, he yeah, took control... Sorry, Sorry, random man. question. Random question diving in. And this is, related, this is related to the wings. I'm sure you, I don't know if there's an answer to this. When did he grow the wings? And why weren't people sketchy about it? <laughs> so I think the most common answer is that he actually gained them from the warp when he was being sent through the warp um, when all the Primarchs were dispersed originally to all their different planets that they ended up on. And I think that's, it's, it's almost like, um, uh, the, the chaos gods knew that the emperor was against religion and this and that, so they made gave, gave or tried to give one of his sons wings, so he looked like an angel, almost taking the mick out of him. And uh, I think that's the wide, the most widely held belief, unless any of you guys have heard anything different. So I'm assuming there's probably another few rumours floating around. Do you know, like, did it ever come up anywhere in the law conversation between him and the emperor saying, "Got to lose the wings, mate," or just did he just accept it? I think it was one of them things that they just accepted. There's so many contradictions in um, in Warhammer in the in, in 40k in the future, um, but I think yeah, that you, it, the moment he clips Sanguinis's wings would be the moment it pretty much turns him to chaos. <laughs> so yeah, does anyone else have any theories on why Sanguinius would be winged, or do you reckon it's pr pretty much probably down to the Chaos God's plan of sick joke as he come through the wall? I don't know because some of them, like the Emperor, I don't know he the Emperor built floors in to some of them, didn't he? Like, there's said the uh, the Canex Helix with the uh, space wolves and the salamanders um, and their, their need to protect humanity, uh, Glenn. Um, <laughs> uh, who were the... There, there were a couple. There was, there was another one as well that, that, that was um, created separately. Uh, maybe it's one of the... Uh, oh, it was the Alpha Legion with the, the twins. So they were created separately. So it may, it may have been by design. I just wasn't sure. Like, as I said, I've never looked into why Sanguinius has had wings. So I was just curious. Mm. Yeah, it could, could very well have been. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like the wings don't help him in battle, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like there's a little bit of self-fulfilling prophecy with a lot of the, the, the issues with the Primarchs versus the, where they end up kicking the people from. Like Sanguinius. Oh, big old mutant. They were taking the genetic strain and adding it to, as you put it, the waifs and strays, the already mutated people. So mm -hmm. that's who they were taking for the blood angels. So, oh, he was mutant. There's a, there's a little bit of, yeah. This isn't going to end like, well. <laughs> you can make well, like, like, can't you psychic there's powers. There's a, there's a little bit of playing around with the, the Games Workshop writers. It's like, are they doing it because he was a mutant or is it just so that they were making blood angels out of mutants and then it turns out they're Primark. Oh, he had wings. He was a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. I think it's one of them things that's 
like Games Workshop do so well, it's sort of left open a little bit and never fully, just so that everyone can have their little say on it. But yeah, <clears throat> it's an interesting point. Maybe I should have done some research for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swiftly moving on. Um, anyway, Sanguinius, he took command of the then dark and brutal Ninth Legion. His first action was to gather his troops alongside his famed brother Horus and best friend at the time. Um, and he knelt before them, offering his total loyalty and service. To the Ninth Legion, this, was, this treatment was new and unexpected. And as they had been outsiders and often de detested and snubbed by the rest of the Imperium, this was something quite special for them to see a being like this taking the knee in front of, in front of them instead of it being the other way around. So the, the Primarch himself had begun a quest of making his legion into noble warriors and not the monsters, which they were becoming quite quickly and uh, quite swiftly at that time. He had each of his companies fight alongside the Lunar Wars for decades to learn the ways of nobility. And it eventually started to rub off on the Ninth Legion, meaning that Sanguinius was able to instill a heavy sense of pride in his sons to take over and overshadow the lust for carnage and bloodshed, which would always be there inside them. Um, so <clears throat> I won't go too much into the Horus Heresy. I don't really want to give too many spoilers and it, there, there's only one bit really that I need to mention, but the Horus Heresy then came about and without going into too much spoilers, like I said, uh, Sanguinius fought Horus nearing the end of the Heresy. Obviously there was a lot that happened before that, um, tons of books as we all know. Um, but yeah, um, Hor Horus was heavily empowered by chaos at this time, uh, the, the chaos gods. And so he bested Sanguinius and killed him. Uh, Sanguinius's death uh, put a strong psychic imprint into the DNA of his legionaries um, and started off the black rage in doing so. So it was at that point when he was killed by his brother that massive sh uh, psychic shockwaves went out and every single one of the blood angels gene seeds, I believe it was, which is obviously where Sanguinius's DNA um, comes into them. Yeah, so um, Sanguinius' death put a strong psychic imprint um, into the DNA of his legion, and that's when the Black Rage started. Um, obviously, a, a warrior um, in the legion from now on, um, in the heat of battle, could start to believe, actually believe himself to be Sanguinius um, in his final moments aboard the vengeful spirit fighting against Chaos and the heretic warmaster Horus. Um, sent, this would send them into a frenzied rage and essentially making them almost uncontrollable monsters of wrath. So it's then after these uh, legionaries actually suffer with the Black Rage, they're inducted into a new company called the Death Company, um, which is for their final bloodthirsty battle so that they can pretty much regain their honour after falling. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much the beginning of the Blood Angels up to the point where their, their two main flaws come about, obviously the Red Thirst and the Black Rage. Mm. Um, and then going into the current day, there's a, there's a load of stuff I could mention. Um, on them, but in the, like, I'll, go, I'll just name some of the main characters that are around now, as, as so to speak. So the current day chapter master is Lord Commander Dante, who I'm sure everyone's heard about. Um, he's also the Lord Regent of the Imperium Nihilus, uh, made so by the Primarch Willeman um, after the devastation of Baal, where the Tyranid High Fleet uh, Leviathan and a demon army headed by uh, Sanguinius's old nemesis um, from the Horus Heresy days, Carbandar tried to destroy Baal wholly. Um, he's rumoured to be around about 1500 years old as well, so I think he's the oldest living space marine, possibly, or chapter master at least. Glenn? Yeah. Is he, there, the, the oldest living like space marine, because Bjorn's yeah, got non, the... Uh, Non-dreadnought space yes, marine. Non-dreadnought. Yeah. 
Cool. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, 1500 years is a long time. He's very, very tired chapter master, but still radiant in his golden armor and still does uh, an exceptional job. So next in the list, we've got Brother Corbulo, who is the sanguinary high priest. And he's the most that looks like Sanguinius, and he has got his personality as well, more than any other blood angel, supposedly. And he's ever searching for a cure for the Black Rage. Um, so far, none have actually come to pass. He did think with the Primaris Marines, um, when they uh, first come about, that maybe they would be the cure to the Black Rage. But since then, many Primaris Marines have fallen to the Death Company as well. So that didn't work. So he's still searching. Then we have Chief Librarian Mephiston, who is the only blood angel to wholly cast out the Black Rage um, and possibly the second most powerful Imperial Psycho after the Emperor himself. So a very cool character there. I think we spoke about him before when I did my, um, the coolest character that I liked in the Blood Angels. And um, Glenn, you were saying about that, wasn't it? That he wholly cast out the Black Rage? Uh, yeah. I think it was twice, wasn't it? I think it was twice. I think in law he's he's yeah. the only blood angel to have is he the only blood angel to have conquered it? I know it might be twice. To have passed it out, yeah, because then on next on my list actually was Lamartes, who was the guardian of the lost, um, who leads the death company into battle, obviously. Uh, but he's actually succumbed to the black rage himself. Is he but a he's never he's a chaplain, yeah. Yeah. But he's never cast it out. He's always just learned to deal with it somehow. And I think that was actually the one Glenn was talking about, who he he's actually kept in stasis between missions yeah. um because he is still so dangerous and they never know when he's actually going to fully succumb to it i think they he holds himself in check because i say mephiston's the one that the the, the mini as it stands now is very very vampiric um, oh yeah the in, color in and the tape. yeah <laughs> oh let me smell my finger <laughs> yeah no i didn't go with that one i went with the plasma pistol oh come on that yeah <laughs> What is the big difference between the Red Thirst and the Black Rage? So the Red Thirst is pretty much just, they've got something in them that makes them want to devour their enemies. It wants to make them almost want to go a little bit crazy if they, they lose it. But um, I think the Black Rage has got to be connected to the Red Thirst somewhere along the line. It's just almost like an extension of it and a, and a slightly different sort of play out of the way it goes. Red Thirst, they just lose their temper completely, go nuts, and then eat their victims, pretty much. Always totally. pushing forward, never taking a backward step. Totally um, non-canon, this might be, but obviously all Space Marines have got the, um, there's one of the things they've got, the augmentations, that if they eat something they've killed, like, they can take on, like, information and memories. It might yeah. be the Red First started there, and it was like a development of, as you said, the waifs and strays being a bit feral, and taking that on and maybe getting addicted to that that knowledge or understanding of their enemy and that's that's driven them on but that's that's just me spitballing yeah what the no, it definitely could have been. um when i was when i was doing the research i did i i was looking through that part about when they became um known as the um corpse eaters and or whatever it was i said uh, it was corpse eaters. The dead um yeah so uh, there was not there wasn't really anything on lexicanum or fandom that specifically said how that started well, there might have been, or maybe that I missed it, but in the bit that I was reading, yeah, it just said they just did it, <laughs> and that was it. But yeah, if anyone else knows out there, definitely love to if you could leave some comments um, after this show, just so we actually know how the Red Thirst started, what was the cause. 
yeah, so then that was it. Lamartis was the next one, Guardian of the Lost, who leads his uh, death company into battle. Has, he succumbed to the Black Rage, as I said, but he seems to be the only Blood Angel who can keep some sense of sanity through pretty much sheer willpower, um, whilst actually suffering the full force of the Black Rage on a constant level. Um, the last one is obviously Astra the Grim, who's the Redeemer of the Lost, who must execute any surviving death company brothers after their final battle, battle should they survive. Um, he doesn't always do it. I think the only one who's not done it for is Lamartis, because Lamartis showed after months and months of testing by the Librarius and this, uh, the Sanguinary Priesthood that actually he did have a bit of a handle on it. He legitimately wouldn't just freak out and kill everyone if he was let out. But he, I think he's the only brother he hasn't actually just ended. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got written down here anyway. Um, their war cry is for the Emperor and Sanguinius. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much that. So, Death Guard, uh, sorry, Death Company. Yeah. Every battle they go into, they don't come out of. They're they, not either, they either die on the battlefield or they get killed by the chapter. Yeah, basically that's that's it. If if they survive it through their last final hurrah, they they're, they're too dangerous to keep around. And it often turns out that when Astaroth um, comes over to meet the ones who have survived or the, usually it would, it's very rare that they survive because they do go just straight into the battle they don't even realize they're taking wounds and they're pretty much fighting dead men anyway right into the heart of the battle but if they do survive sometimes he will have to physically fight them one to one um, luckily he's a bit of a g in that regard so he just takes them out but um, yeah they, that, that apparently happens in every single battle okay Glenn, you know more about Lamartis than me, though, don't you? Lamartis? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, um, so is he the only one that's actually been spared? I, that's what he looked like by doing the research. From I, I, as far as I can remember, yes. Um, because obviously, they like say, uh, Mephiston has conquered the Black Rage. So I don't know if it ever got to the point of them kind of going, <gasps> oh, hang on a minute, you're actually okay. Um, or whether, you know, he was just sort of like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got past it. Don't worry about it, guys. And then they mm -hmm. might have sort of checked him up. But, yeah, Lamartis, is, as far as I'm aware, is the only one that sort of went, actually, I think you might be all right. You're a bit nuts, but we'll leave you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, obviously, the Blood Angels, one of their traits is they're very aesthetic. They love everything to look good. Um, which is a bit strange, really, because, as we said before, they they come from a line of mutants and, and people with so-called faults um, running through their veins. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they love to look good. They love good art. They, they, their armour's always perfect. Um, but, yeah, there's not a lot more to be said about the Blood Angels at the beginning on a basic level um, other than that. So any questions? I'm sure that people are going to try and put me on the spot with a few things. I know Dave's been looking forward to this. Is well, there the death, like... one, wear black. Uh, death company wear black? Because I think that's just, well, the Black Rage. Black Rage. They're wearing black. It's sort of like in honour of Sanguinius, I, I think. Um, that's why um, the Blood Angels have, they have red armour mostly with um, black, um, tr uh, tr black, black pauldrons, I think it is, or the, the black logo on their shoulder. And I think that's in dedication to Sanguinius and him dying, sort of like a mourning colour, isn't it, black? Yeah, um, I think that's why they wear the Death Company black. 
I was going to ask about, well, I was going to quick, because you, you play successor chapters, right? So you play um, Sanguine Reapers, a successor chapter. I was going to ask about one particular success, which I think we've probably covered before, but it was the Flesh Terrors. I don't know how much you know about those guys. And what, do you, do you remember the name of the chapter master? I'm trying to think of his name now, but I know he's, that's it. That that was his name, but I was going to say like because the the Blood Angels have got quite a lot of successor chapters, but Ooh. the am I right in thinking the Black Rage and the Red First uh, transcends all of them? All of them, every single one of them, yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty much across the board, and like the, with the Flesh Terrors, I did read there was a novella I read called The Flesh of Cretacea, which is about the beginning of them finding a homeworld, and of course. Um, their first original chapter master was Nasir Amit, which was you read about in the Horus Heresy books as one of the, um, I think he was originally called the Flesh Terror, that even when he was in the Blood Angels army, he was one of the captains. And um, pretty much they're a, they're a chapter that's all fallen or, or on teetering on the edge of falling. Um, so yeah, very, very, book, um, very nuts chapter really, especially if you read that book, they are crazy. They're all killing each other even. And even people that say, oh, yeah, we'll take your side on these planets. Like, yeah, just like help us out. We'll take the side. They're like, OK, no worries. They help them out and then they just kill them all. And you're like, well, how, how are they the good guys? It doesn't make any sense. But they've got a sort of twisted, um, I don't know, thing of honour in a way. Um, but it's not, it's, they're, they're not normal, that's for sure. But yeah, to answer your question, it is pretty much across the board. Anyone who's got them gene seeds inside them, it's the same thing. Is that they all, all of the successes, was it all of the successor chapters, but a lot of them came back to help defend Bold, didn't they, in the, the Tyranid every, attack? Every single one of them, except the, oh, begins with an R, not rede Redeemers, Relictors. Re re Is it Sanguine Reapers? No, there was one, there was only one, I can't remember, it begins with an R, but there was one that didn't come back, every single other one that's known of. Um, did actually return and help them, apart from the Sanguine Reapers as well, obviously, don't chase for that. <laughs> but didn't a lot of the, because um, obviously they lost a lot of the devastation about, didn't they recruit a lot of, didn't they take a lot of um, the success chapters uh, Marines and sort of transfer them? But I'm not too sure, to be they, they may have done. Um, I know that um, Belisarius Cole come through with a lot of Primaris Marines for them uh, straight after the devastation of Baal to um, inflate their numbers. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't research that part enough. But have you it's, seen anything that says that? Well, I was going to say after after the devastation of Baal, I think that's when the Indominus Crusade reaches them. And that's when Gilliman gives him the, um, the title. Uh, the title of the, yeah, looking after the what is it, Segmentum Nihilus, um, and kind of reinvigorates uh, Don Taylor, because as you said, like, he's old and he's tired, and he's almost like, ready to die, and that kind of reinvigorate him a little bit. And he is definitely ready for a new model as well. That's certain. There's a lot, there's a lot of the old, old Marines. Maybe, maybe he'll models. be primari, primaricized across the Rubicon. <laughs> He has to be, doesn't he? Let's be honest, right? Out of all of the chapter masters and all of the models that could be made into a Primaris version, he would sell well. Like, yeah, I've seen it all over Instagram. He would sell really well. But yeah, that's probably something for another time. Your favourite book that you've read with Blood Angels in then? Because obviously you've got the biggest library out of all of us. 
Um, I know we were talking earlier about ones that you're not too keen on. It's not it's not a great book, and it's by someone Glenn loves called James Swallow, but <laughs> but he that that was um I think it was Fear to Tread, and it wasn't a terrific book, but it does give you a lot of um, Blood Angels lore and heresy, and there's not too many books out there really that don't have to have the Blood Angels in completely, of like in 30k at least, and obviously seeing Sanguinius fight Carbandar. Um, the demon was pretty cool, or I say seeing, reading about him fighting him was pretty awesome. Mm. And obviously the black, the black, not the black rage, sorry, the red thirst that they go through in that when yeah. Sanguinius is um, put to the ground, he has his legs crushed um, by the great demon's uh, whip, and uh, yeah, they all charge into battle. It's pretty cool. It's not the best written book, like I say, but it, um, there's not too many out there. I don't think they're actually been done justice, Blood Angels wise. Yeah, especially in the heresy, they're they're sort of hard to come by in the heresy books because like Sanguinius in the oh, he's one of he pops up in one of the earlier books might even be the first one he's sort of like mincing around eating grapes on a chaise lounge yeah, I remember. <laughs> you know it's kind of like really come on yeah. yeah it's sort of like he just pops up now and again um there's quite a few books like you say when there's like um the odd character mentioned or something like that but it never ever really goes anywhere um so yeah, I definitely like to say. I know, say, say there are books out there. There's the Mephiston books as well, and there's the, the Dante book and things like that. But there doesn't seem to be anything that's of that much interest out there with the Blood Angels in. So it's what was it that um, like attracted you to Blood Angels? Then like, I know we've covered it before. But... I think it was it was when I first read about because obviously it's, it's it's not a spoiler at all. The thing with Hor- Horace and Sanguinis at the end of the. Um, Horus Heresy, that's in all of the codexes for Space Marines, yeah. every, it's everywhere, everyone knows the final outcome um, pretty much, and um, I think when I first read about that, the story of Horus, um, Sanguinius the Emperor, and just obviously a guy in golden armour with his massive wings, like and he knew, he knew he was going to lose against Horus, but he still went for it anyway and I just thought like, yeah, how heroic is that and um, it was definitely Sanguinius that brought me into liking the Blood Angels and then and then they, they turned out to be melee enthusiasts as well. And I think that's, if I ever wanted to play the game, tabletop wires, that's what I would have wanted to do, have a, an army of um, melee specialists to go into battle with. Yeah, it's working out really well for you as well. Oh, yeah. It's working out really well, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, but but when it does work out, I would enjoy yeah. it more than yeah. if I just, like, no offence to Glenn, obviously he likes, obviously his army decimated everyone. But for me, that wouldn't be fulfilling. I, I need my units to get in and amongst them and give them some bonks as Dave calls them on the head with their thunder so, so as well oh, you I was just going to say following on to that like playing uh, after this time what are you finding you like and dislike playing Blood Angels I know you mainly play like your sort of kitbashed uh, unit so obviously take the dice out of it because you've got terrible luck with dice what, what do you enjoy? What do you dislike with the chapter you've picked? Um, there's, there's not really much that I dislike other than the fact that I've just got decimated by you quite a lot. Yeah. Um, like, again, like with, with the games I've had against Dave, I only lost one really badly, and the others have all been very close. Or, and I've obviously won a couple against Dave as well. So it hasn't been too far. I mean, with Shane, obviously, it was quite close as well. I think I there's nothing too bad about them, really. Um, there's a couple of really cool stratagems we can use with the Death Company, 
um, where you can get them right up the table very quick if you've got a jump pack unit. Fall on Fury, I think it's called. I used that against you, John. I know I lost the game really badly, but it worked at the beginning, didn't it? Getting them yeah. right up there and into the fray. And I suppose if that had come off, then, you know, it would have been pretty cool. But there's, there's no specific strengths or weaknesses about them, to be honest, that I've seen other than melee. If you can get into melee and you can get your dice rolls off with them, they can be really devastating. Mm. And uh, it's, it's all about that. If you can't get into melee and you make a couple of wrong strategic moves, they haven't got a lot of firepower other than the, the generic sort of like, you know, a uh, Redemptor Dreadnought or whatever you'd have for any other army. Yeah. Like their specific tank that I've got, the Bold Predator, I've found almost to be useless, completely useless. It's got loads of flamers on it. But when you're ever going to get that many flamers up to a unit and kill it, because they're not, they're all like, I think maybe minus one AP. So it's not really anything that, so their specific units aren't great. Um, and their specific characters, actually, they're really cool in lore, but they don't give you a lot for, for the amount of points they cost. Yeah. Like Mephiston, he's pretty cool, but he's only got a few few wounds. You might as well take a Dreadnought, a Librarian Dreadnought for the same points, have more wounds and have you know much better close combat. Um, so yeah, there's nothing that stands out. Like with your guy, John, you've got the, um, is it Typhus and Lord of Contagion, is it? Yeah. I know you whinge about him quite often, but they seem to have a lot more things going on for them than the characters doing the Blood Angel side of things. I only whinge about Lord of Contagion because I've, I just foul charges with him constantly. Otherwise, he's a beast. And Typhus, yeah. I just don't think I've played him properly yet. Like, he, I've not used him the way he's supposed to. I'm still figuring out Typhus. But he's expensive. And other than playing him, like, I wouldn't... I played him in smaller games, like when we was at yours. <clears throat> I think playing him in anything less than two thousand points is a bit difficult because he just needs like the poxwalkers and other buffs to go with. So, yeah, I've got I have got good characters. You're right. Yeah, and I think that's probably just the main thing. My main gripe with them really is it's a lot of points, and you don't really get a lot for it. Yeah. Um, uh, they have got really good um, uh, chapter stats, though. Obviously. Um, if you get in there, you can add one to your advance and to your charge, which is really good if you can get in there. Um, and I think it's plus one to plus one to hit or plus one to wound. I think it's plus one to hit as well if you made a charge or or were charged. So you know, if you can get in, get them in, they'll do a job. If you get the rolls, if not, you're fucked. <laughs> as I have been repeatedly by a lot of you lot. <laughs> sort of staying with the tabletop. Um, sort of thing. What the fuck is the Sanguinor? The Sanguinor? He yeah. is, there's a couple of different theories about what he actually is. So some people believe that he was Azkelon, who was the captain of the Sanguinary Guard originally, um, back in the Horus Heresy days, who was blessed by the Emperor to become the Sanguinor and only turn up on the battlefield um, when the Blood Angels are in some form of desperate need. Um, others say that it's the the good half of sex, oh, I said a good half, but half of Sanguinius's actual soul um, coming out of the wall to, um, to animate this set of armour uh, when all the blood angels combined psychic will um, is going out into the wall and pretty much saying, we need help, you know, we, we're fighting a losing battle. And then this, this being comes out of nowhere, this Sanguinor, but no one really knows for sure. Only the people right at the top of the blood angels tree know really what he is. But they, I don't believe they've ever said um, 
you know, this is what he is. It's always been a little bit out there and no one's quite sure. Like a lot of things we've already mentioned in Games Workshop and um, 40k or 30k. Yeah. What would what you, you say? Got, got a bit of a knowing look there, Glenn. Have you got anything to say? No, my, my knowing look is, and Games Workshop will never tell you. <laughs> because there's always the speculation is always better than a definitive answer they will end up pissing off one or the other yeah so yeah just just leave it open-ended and let people make their own decision on it plus then it sort of frees up the you know for running successor chapters and stuff like that as well it's sort of like oh this is my interpretation of what this is so yeah. it's just it's yeah. just nice to have the gray area to operate in yeah, definitely. That's definitely a model that I'd like to see um, cross the Rubicon, so to speak. A Primaris Sanguinor. Yeah. I think it'd be really nice. Yeah, a lot of people have actually converted, done their own versions of that. Um, yeah, I, I would like to have maybe have a go at doing that myself, but yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, there's, there's a lot of models, isn't there? I mean, because the Blood Angels have got a lot of characters. When you look into it, they've got a lot of known characters who have been around for a long time. So, fingers crossed, one day they will get around to putting all of that. But having said that, they've already done, made my fist on Primaris. So, I can't completely complain like they've done nothing. Um, nah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. And what's your favourite um, model, Blood Angels, that you've, you've painted or one that you're after that you haven't got yet? Uh, I have to say Typo, just because I know I always go on about him, but he yeah. come out really well. And it was nice. I like painting the vintage little minis like that. I just, yeah. I really get a decent um, satisfaction out of um, completing them old models from the 90s and from, well, from the early 90s, the mid 90s. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely Captain Tycho. I, I also want to get uh, him again, the identical model, and paint him in the um, the Death Company armor as well, just so I can use him in both. Yeah. Uh, just so you can get another mention on the Warhammer thing. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you'd get much. But you keep bringing up that model. <laughs> wouldn't you agree he's probably the best one I've painted though out of my character models no, he does look good he does look good yeah. there's not really... a lot of your models look good so. but there are, there are a lot of my characters I haven't really done because obviously Dante I haven't even got Dante at the moment so I was kitbashing one wasn't I and I never got around to finishing that yeah and who have I got I've got I've got Corbulo who's another vintage mini but he wasn't all that the armour come out a bit streaky so yeah yeah definitely um Definitely Erasmus Typo. Cool. Silence says it all. I think we've got any more blood angels tidbits they want to throw in. No. I mean there's there's so much out there for the blood angels, like but I just couldn't be bothered to put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go with the lore video. Brilliant. Well, it went on for quite a long time. I mean, we was only tried, supposed to be doing basic law videos on how they started and all that sort of thing anyway. And I think, you know, that is how they started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good, mate. I enjoyed it. And uh, learned a lot about Blood Angels that I didn't know because I didn't know anything. So thank you. Name one thing that you learned from that video. I learned that you like painting Tycho. Because <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> That's why I asked again. <laughs> Uh, like Black Rage and um, the, blood, the, uh, the Red First. I didn't know any, the difference between the two. There's not a lot, is there? No, but <laughs> you, hear, you hear it mentioned. And now yeah. the um, um, the meme 
where, where the Blood Angels see Horus makes sense to me now. <laughs> <laughs> when a drop pod lands and you're relieved, they call you Horus. Uh, those memes, it makes sense to me now. Thank you. So we've all benefited. <clears throat> so for the next episode, it's you, isn't it, John? And you're Death Guard. It is me. I put it off for about three months. Uh, but it will be me next year. So I'll do some research and uh, I'll do what Read you do. Give up half. <laughs> give up. <laughs> yeah, so we'll look forward to that. Um, and as always, thank you very much for watching. Um, please feel free to subscribe to us on Instagram and that's Iron and Ceramite. Use the hashtag Iron and Ceramite for the chance to vote. Um, we'll put you on our Instagram stories um, follow you and sort of promote your page as well. Facebook, we do have a small page on there, small community where we sort of discuss all things hobby. Um, again, I'm the Ceramite. Same with Twitter, same with YouTube. Um, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all good pop, uh, podcast services. Um, follow us on Twitch. You might occasionally get to see John play Space Marines very badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we'd like to put some more stuff out on there as well. So please do follow us on Iron and Ceramite. Um, we do have a Patreon page. If you can donate to that, all um, proceeds of that will go onto the um, podcast, buy us a bit better equipment, um, and it will just go straight into the page. Um, we do have a Element Games um, link. If you could use that, gives us a bit of a kickback, helps us promote the page, and again, lets us fund the page a little bit better. And if you're into combat cards, um, which I'm not, because I'm absolutely all for it. Uh, please join that as well and play against Glenn and Shane. Cool. Thank you very much. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Blood Angels episode as much as we did. Uh, look forward to the disaster that will be the Death Guard episode. Uh, and that's goodbye from us and Exterminatus. As always, we would like to thank you for listening to our Iron and Ceramite podcast. If you liked us, then you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and any other good podcast services. Just remember, in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. I'm fairly confident we haven't spoken about those games already. I think it's because it's like two weeks ago, and... Yeah where we were all talking about it together on the day yeah. on insta like and then in various chats afterwards i think it yeah. feels like we've talked about it yeah we've got a we've got a, a guest an interloper i just wanted to say hello hello hello, hello. except you and john and i want tom come on everyone put a nice background on i've got uh, a very themed background. All my Warhammer shits in the back. Yeah, my, my, I've only got a background to stop people seeing all the kids and stuff running behind me because I'm I'm not hidden in a room. They're bound and gagged to the stairs. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I like having my ears as well. Oh, it bounds. It cuts off your ears. Well, it looks like it with Dave. Looks like that anyway. Are you changing your background? I am. Bear with. There he is. So you can see everyone 
but sanguineous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go over here. Well, yeah. what's left of him? Yeah. If you take, if you take the pose of the Emperor... You might not like this, Dave, but I'm not actually going too deep into that part of the story, but... Or any part of the Blood Angel story. Basically, they're red. <laughs> cool. Right. Are you are you ready, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna have to do a lot of reading from the iPad, though. To be honest, because I'm not gonna remember all this. That's all right. Uh, <coughs> just half a pint. Yeah, just I put like that much lemonade in it, so it's a shandy now. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I can drive. <laughs> Has everyone got their Imperium mugs out? Yeah. Or well, two of us have. Should have known. That's a nasty thing. <laughs> so, originally the Ninth Legion. Sorry. Oh, I thought I heard someone say something. So I haven't got my earphones in now, so I'm hearing things from outside and everything. Someone else outside is heckling you. Yeah, probably. No. You can cut that bit out anyway. <laughs> Comes into them, lovely. Um, oh, I've made myself fucking laugh. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, where were we? Where were we? Go with massive energy. Something about a massive erection you've got. <laughs> <clears throat> So let's quickly just get this up. <clears throat> cool. Okay, so who wants to just wrap Dave. this up and read this? Dave. It's Dave's turn. Definitely Dave's turn. Well done, Dave. No. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Fuck you, Tom. Always put me on the fucking spot. What's that? It's the there. Yeah, you literally I asked just a few questions. You the oh, it's definitely Dave. Fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> All you kept saying earlier was, I can't wait to ask you questions that you don't know the answer to. I've asked so you a couple of very it. easy questions. You that you thought I'd get wrong. And I probably did. I don't even know. I don't even remember what I said. It's just playing everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mine's going to be sorted out by then. Yeah. Um, Whatever you do, though. don't watch it on Ball Eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's <laughs> a homemade video. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. Be a completely different fucking video, that one. John's Ball Eye. 